Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by 444.com. I am Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always is the new lead betting analyst at 444.com. Dude, it's a big deal. Congratulations, Connor. I am stoked for you. Um, Well-deserved, Connor, and I have been close for years, and this um, promotion for him is well-deserved, so I'm super stoked for you, brother. Um, How are we doing? Good man, you kind of you threw me off guard there because you know usually just like I've said the same thing for I don't even know maybe like fifty episodes in a row, uh, and now it's it was just you threw me off guard with my intro. Thank you, I appreciate it. I'm I'm pumped to get going, and uh, I, we got some great stuff in the works. Um, we have a an awesome team uh, of guys building like great tools for betting, and then we're gonna add a few more people as well. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pumped to get going there, and I think that it'll be awesome going forward. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a hundred episodes. It's been the kind of the same cadence to the open for sure, but uh, much deserved. And I'm excited to see all the cool stuff going on at four for four and joining us this week to continue. Who's been a massive part of, of really the trajectory of, of the site for the last few years is none other than TJ Hernandez. TJ, I was, we have so much continuity with week six this week. We have two week six <laughs> matchups. I went and looked back and unfortunately you joined us in week three. I thought this would have been perfect if you would have been on in week six, but unfortunately we didn't have the, uh, the synergy that we need, but yeah, super, not, super stoked to have you back. Not as serendipitous as we were hoping for, but you got me for, for Connor's first week as uh, the big dog. I, I told them not to, uh, not to work too hard. I don't want to look bad with the, uh, with the new hire. You <laughs> can't help himself, dude. Connor is, is constantly grinding. Um, I know. Take yes. a vacation, bro. Uh, I need one, man. I, after this season, we all do shit. Oh, I know. I know. So we're excited for, uh, Man, finally, final four. This is a fun final four. We have really just great matchups. Defending champs against everyone's favorite, especially TJ's favorites, feel-good story of the season. Uh, for the first game, we have basically two of the all-time greats going head-to-head So uh, in, in basically football's cathedral. So there's just a lot of really cool vibes going on with the football weekend. So really excited to unpack this one. Uh, before we do, I want to tell you a little bit about our friend's over at Thrive Fantasy. Uh, if you are not familiar with Thrive, definitely want to check them out. You can use the promo code MTL when you sign up today. You're going to receive a first uh, instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposited $100, your account will immediately, immediately have $200. It's basically DFS for player props. You have um, a game where you can pick up to 20 player props to build your lineup. You only need to pick 10. And each prop is assigned a point value for the over or under. Basically, you rack up the most points and you win a share of the prize pool. So uh, contests are already up and loaded over at Thrive. Connor and I have been early adapters there for years and both had some success over there at times. So definitely check it out if you have not already done so. The games over there are a lot of fun. If you're into other sports, they have some stuff over there for NBA as well. So definitely want to check out Thrive. So um Connor, give me your overwhelming thoughts, uh, overarching thoughts, I guess, as we kind of approach this weekend. I know at this point, the lines are pretty sharp. We had some speculation maybe early in the week around, you know, Mahomes piece is kind of the moving part here around his availability. Things seem to be tracking well there, but, uh, you know, give me your thoughts on the week. Yeah, I think I think you said it pretty well. Um, I mean, I did get down on some early lines. Um, I, you know, with our good friend Joey Kanish, you know, he messaged me about some some early lines there that I was able to get down on. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll hit on that later. Overall, though, I think 
I think you said it, it's just going to be some great football. And honestly, one of those weekends where um, you can it, – it sounds like a cop-out, but it's one of those weekends where I think that you can sit back and just kind of enjoy some good football and you don't have to be a total degenerate and have action on every single aspect of the game. Um, you know, you can say that till the Super Bowl. Um, but, no, this is just going to be some good football, and I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Basically – we have the best offenses in the league from week seven on. These are the top four offenses in the league in terms of EPA per play, EPA per drop back. Not an accident that they're here. I mean, you can make a case for maybe, you know, the Saints, but, you know, really what the trajectory that the, the Buccaneers have been on, it makes sense that they're here. So we'll dump, jump into that one first. Tampa at Green Bay. It's in Green Bay uh, minus three, um, depending on your book, 51, 51 and a half is the total. As probably have been reminded at this point now, these two clubs met back in week six. Green Bay, basically their worst performance of the year, jumped out to a 10-zip lead and was downhill from there. Rodgers threw a pick six, nearly a second one uh, just a couple plays later, and just really flipped the field, flipped the scoreboard on him there. Tampa Bay blitzed on nearly 41% of the snaps in that one, 56% of the time on third down. They had success doing that, especially with the Bakhtiari injury. I'm interested to see, does Todd Bowles dial up a very blitz-heavy approach again? Does he change it up with the Packers expecting it? It's kind of one of the you know, chess matches I'm, I'm really interested in this week, TJ. But what are your thoughts on this one as we jump into it? Yeah, I mean, between the two games, you mentioned the the week six matchups. I think a lot of people are going to go back to those and, and try to draw a lot of insight from them. Um, I'm more inclined to do that with the second game just because I, I think that game, that was a close game, um, especially on the Bill side of defense. I think it'll look very similar. For this game, you mentioned that pick six. I mean, things just really snowballed for Green Bay after that play, and I, and I don't think there is necessarily a lot to take from that game, especially on the Green Bay side. Um, Green Bay had some red flags going into that game. If we look at the first uh, six weeks of the season, uh, Aaron Rodgers was 25th in IQR. That's Sports Info Solutions like adjusted quarterback rating. And it kind of just takes away some of the things that uh, are out of the quarterback's control. But whether you look at completion percentage, yards per attempt, whatever it may be, the point is Aaron Rodgers was really struggling against pressure up to that point and then into that game. Those numbers aren't just skewed by that week six game. The first five weeks of the season, he was really struggling against pressure as well. Um, so again, I think a lot of people are going to look at that and say, can Buccaneers replicate this game plan? The difference is from week seven on the week after that through the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers has been second in IQR when pressured. So the Buccaneers exploited something, but the Packers kind of used it as a wake up call and really fixed that Aaron Rodgers specifically. So if they do dial up a lot of pressure, the Packers have found something to, to really uh, take advantage of that. And I think we're going to see that uh, come into fruition in terms of the Packers having a very good game on the offensive side of the ball against a secondary that most people have had success against. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously blitz heavy approach would lead to a lot of Devontae Adams one-on-ones, which yeah. is problematic for sure. I mean, Carl Davis has a size to match up, but if he can't reroute him early, it's going to be in trouble. That was a game where Devontae played, but he missed, I think the, the previous three or four games dealing with mm-hmm. that, that leg injury, um, six balls, 10 targets, but nothing, you know, nothing that was uh, what we've seen from Devante. But yeah, Connor, what jumps out at you here? 
Yeah, no, a lot of the same. So I actually went back and watched the game uh, as well today. And I, th- those two picks in a row were obviously killer. I know that there have been a lot of studies done, or at least recently, on like momentum and like how it's not quantifiable. But for me, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And like, as someone who's played sports at a, at a relatively high level, and I'm sure you have as well, like, you can, it's just one of those things that you can feel, you know, when everything's going your way, you, it's one of those things that you can feel. And I know that's like the ultimate like football guy take, but for me, it's just, it's something that exists and I, you, you can't really explain it all the time. Um, and so like that was, that was just kind of how that game went. Um, and after that, it seemed like they couldn't get anything going. Also, like you said, Devonte Adams um, didn't play in the previous games. And I believe both of the interceptions actually were two Devonte Adams. The first one was an out route that Rogers threw before Adams was even out of his break and was thrown behind him. Um, and which is, you know, partially on Adams and partially on Rogers just with the communication. And the second one was like a tipped interception where I believe Adam, Adams was running like a slant or a, um, you know, like a drag and it just kind of got like tipped up, up. So like, it wasn't really, that wasn't really his fault either. And then from there, the game kind of spiraled out of control. I mean, the Bucks offense did nothing in the first quarter and then all of a sudden found life, um, you know, going forward and was able to put up like 28 points. So um, yeah, I don't know. So in this game in general, I took uh, Aaron Jones under three and a half receptions. Um, he Jones has four more receptions just once in the past seven weeks. Uh, his role in the passing game is, you know, waned a little bit. He's caught only he also caught only three passes against Tampa Bay last time, despite the Packers kind of playing from behind most of the second half there and kind of being in that negative game script. So um, it's not something that I'm looking to go too heavy on right now. It's a minus one eighteen over on DraftKings. Um, I'd probably take it up to minus 120 and that'd be about it. Uh, but I still do think that it's, it is a solid bet there. As far as the Tampa Bay receivers go, TJ, we know, we, you know, there's some questions around the health of both Brown and Mike Evans. It looks like it could be a good spot for, you know, Chris Godwin, just maybe being the healthiest of the three. We know obviously Jair Alexander is elite. One of the true difference makers, I think in the league at the position, but he's not a dude that's tracking. He, you know, he just as, as of late, like he came back from an injury, I want to say maybe week eight or week nine, and he's really been just somewhat left corner. Like last mm-hmm. week he played entirely on the left side. He did not track at all. Um, are there any of the receivers on the Tampa side jump out to you from a prop standpoint or maybe even a DFS standpoint? You just like their matchup going into this week? I mean, like you said, he has he hasn't been been traveling much. I mean, if you do go all the way back to this week six game, I know we say we do, we kind of want to take those things with the game, uh, grain of salt. It was one of the few games where he did travel, and I mean, a lot of times these corners like Jair when they play in a zone heavy scheme like the Packers do, they typically don't move a lot anyway. But Jair did move a lot in that game, so I mean that it does give us a data point against this team uh, with that they will do that. I think if Antonio Brown is. Uh, out or even if he plays and he's limited, I mean that that outside receiver Mike Evans, I, I don't see a reason why he um, he wouldn't be following him. And either way, King has been been playing really good as well. Um, I mean they are the the Packers perimeter corners. They're just really tough to attack, and we saw that again going back to that first game. Game Gronk and Godwin combined for I believe it was uh, 15 of their 27 targets in that game. Uh, the difference in this one is we've been seeing the Buccaneers using Gronk a lot to block, leaving him in. He's been in the two playoff games. He's run average less than 20 routes, basically the same number of routes uh, as Cameron Brait, and he's been helping their offensive line. The Packers uh, they aren't getting like the pub that the uh, Buccaneers are in terms. 
terms of a defense that generates a lot of pressure. But going back to the second half of the season through the playoffs, Packers are third in sack rate. So I think we could see Gronk really relegated to a lot of blocking again. So that's just kind of a, a long way to say that if I do like a receiver on this offense, it is Godwin. Yeah, I like that, I like that call a lot. That was a good good take for sure. I think based on our projections here at 4 for 4, it looks like there's some over opportunities on Devontae Adams, especially over on Thrive. Uh, Thrive's number for Adams receiving yards, 94.5. We have him a tick over 106. Most mm-hmm. books have him in that 88 to 89 range, depending on what's out there. Uh, that looks like a, a buy opportunity. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. I, I don't know that we know mm-hmm. that there's – is there any weather that we need to worry about? Obviously, Green Bay in January is cold, but um, Connor, have you dug into that as far as snow? I know we're still a few days out, but I, you know we don't want to play weatherman 96, 72 hours away, but uh, anything that's problematic? I know that ended up kind of biting me a little bit for that uh, Bills game last time. With It's just like you know the weather in the second half – Really, yeah. just like kind of changed things for both teams. It seemed like, and um, but no. So this one, it looks like right now, twenty-seven degrees, ten mile per hour winds. Um, I mean, nothing really to worry about, especially when you have, um, you know, Brady who's used to playing in the cold and and Rogers. So it, you know, it doesn't matter too much, I don't think. Um, I like the Godwin call. So right now we're seeing on books uh, sixty-three and a half over DraftKings for his receiving yards. Um, I think if I think if Antonio Brown is out, you know. I, or like even limited, I think that's a great play. Like I think that's solid because, you know, picking through those receivers is not easy in most instances. So kind of having one of them down and then one of them, you know, Evans primarily on the outside with a tough matchup no matter what. Uh, I think that that, you know, probably towards like leans me towards Godwin there on taking some overs for um, the yards. There's also his reception prop, which um, is at five and a half, which is kind of high, plus 118 um on the over though so you can get a little bit of action there if you do think that he's going to be targeted a lot uh and then our projections have him closer to they have 5.8 receptions with 73.2 receiving yards so uh for me if i do want some action on the receivers on the over i'm probably looking at godwin's over at like 63 like what uh drafting says there any lean on the game over i'm like i i think there's some value in that tampa this is why I kind of I'm I'm torn in this game. Like I I think there's value on that Tampa total at 50, 24, their team total. I mean they've scored 30 or more in five straight. They've scored 24 or more in nine straight. Um, I just really like how they've been playing offensively, and I'm but I'm not sure that I don't think Green Bay wins the game, which means I can't expect Tampa to get to their team total and and the game to not go over. Right? If I if I like Green Bay, so I'm kind of yeah. kind of torn on that one. I mean, I think I think the number is actually like super sharp, like a 27 to 24 game is kind For of sure. like exactly mm-hmm. what I would think. Um, the one thing I would say about the Buccaneers, I think people are going to look at this five game stretch and see they've averaging like 37 points per game over the last five. They've forced nine turnovers in that stretch. Granted, four of them came uh, last week, but I mean that is a lot of of field position and, and short drives to get to that number. Now, obviously, Brady's been playing great, but Rodgers, I don't, he's not. I don't think he's going to turn it over twice like he did in the first game. Um, he barely turns the ball over, and this is a really tough team to sustain drives against because they keep everything underneath. They face the third fewest deep balls uh, in the league. So if they are forced to do that, I mean, I I can see the Buccaneers struggling a little bit where they've kind of been gifted some points in in this little stretch they've had. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree. So I was like dug in a little bit more to it um, with 
um, Tampa Bay and like kind of how who they've played against. So they've only played against seven teams this season who rank in the top 15 of, of DVOA, like total. Um, and in those games, they lost week one of the Saints, lost week five to the Bears, who are 15th somehow. Uh, they beat the Packers in week six, obviously, in this game. Uh, they lost to the Saints again in week nine, lost to the Rams in week 11, lost to the Chiefs in week 12, and then beat the Saints, uh, you know, last week uh, in, the, in the third game rematch. So, I mean, I'm not saying that they've been beating up on more bad teams, but uh, their schedule is pretty light in terms of just like them actually playing against good opponents and producing. Um, so I, so actually in week six, I do remember like thinking back now, the Packers were one of my bigger positions in the week. Um, and I was, you know, feeling really good about that before that pick six. Um, and I mean, at this point I would, I would be inclined to take a three, you know, if we see a minus three on green Bay, I would definitely put a little bit of action on that. Probably like a half unit, nothing big, but, um, three and a half. I'm not, I'm not touching it. I think that that's a little bit tough. I think it could certainly land on three, but I also think that the Packers could very easily win by four to seven. And that's kind of where I would peg them as, um, you know, potentially winning rather than just like, you know, one or two points. So, yeah, I, I liked the saints last week. I thought they were going to win that game. I didn't count on, on breeze, just giving them the ball over and over again. Um, obviously, but I mean, <laughs> give them the ball four times. And I mean, not only 30, but I mean, you you can argue that in uh, a normal game flow against that Saints defense, that uh, Tampa Bay struggles to get to twenty there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tone down my priors here in this game. You know, your job, TJ, will be to do that on the next game with, uh, with Josh Allen. But I'm trying to keep my my lifelong twenty plus love, you know, year love affair with uh, with my son's namesake uh, under control here. So I'm, uh, you know, there's. <laughs> A lot of uh, my Tom Brady love has been slowly simmering in the back this year with you know the change of teams, but now that we're this close to the Super Bowl again, I'm uh, you know I'm pulling for for Tom and company. So See, I've I've actually been like a, a sneaky Tom Brady Patriots lover this whole stretch. Like everybody loves hating on the team that's at top, and I'm like I I want to enjoy greatness. So I've always kind of rooted for Tom, and now all of a sudden I've uh, I was kind of low on him going into the year. So my, my priors are the other way. So I'm trying to, to fade that side of it. <laughs> trying to come back. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be in Lambeau the last two last time that these two met head to head. Thought that that would probably be the last time that that ever happens. But I got to go to that uh, Packers uh, Patriots game. It was actually funny. I watched the broadcast back later. And in that game, Phil Sims was talking about how Rodgers likes his balls overinflated. He overinflates them, hoping that they don't find them out um, because he likes to get a better grip. And then, of course, a couple of months later, shit at the fan with Brady having his balls a little bit underinflated. And, um, yeah, history has the rest. But uh, I do think there's one more thing to note here. I think that on Thrive, there's a, an opportunity on Aaron Jones. His combined number for rushing and receiving yards on Thrive is 195 we have him comfortably under that with our four for four projections. That's it's a huge number. About yeah, seventy nine is uh, is the projection that we have, I which mean, is about where the books have him too. Yeah, I don't. I I hate Aaron Jones in this game. I mean, a DFS perspective is a lot different because his him and uh, Williams salaries are way out of whack. But I mean, they were a virtual timeshare last week. Um, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of a, a lot of things people are saying is is against the blitz you want to get the ball out quick and that could uh translate to jones getting more more balls thrown to him i mean i think that's kind of a lazy narrative when you have Devonte adams sure. you used you use Devonte adams in that role um mm-hmm. so i i don't i don't know that that's necessarily um 
one that I'm yeah, I don't I don't like Aaron Jones at all this yeah. week. I think that also is kind of a lazy narrative in general, too. Like when opposing teams blitz, like you know, generally a lot of times the running back stays in the block. And block like, exactly. That's, that's yeah. the first blitzer. You know, he's not no team. I mean, teams generally don't just like bank on their their running back outflanking the blitzer and the quarterback like lobbing it yeah. over and then just eating the eating the hit. You know what I mean? Like no one yeah. does. It that. works really good, Madden. But yeah, it exactly. Work. It does work well in Madden. But <laughs> oh man, that's um, that's a I, great point though. Um, I, I do, I mean, on DraftKings, this number is minus 124, so it's not good. I don't know if you can find it better somewhere else, but MVS over 29 and a half. Like if, if Tampa Bay gets caught in like a single high on one of those blitzes, that's, that's one play for MVS. I mean, he lives off of big plays. So I like that number. Obviously minus 124 is, is ugly, but if you could find it, um, under that elsewhere, it's that's, I think that's uh that's a good over to hit. Yeah, that's a good call. I think I saw some stuff on that around expecting maybe a little bit more play action and them taking shots. You know, that obviously fits the mold of, of MVS, maybe even more so than we saw last week with you know Lazard, but that tends to be more of a, an MVS, you know, single post route situation more than, than Lazard. So that's a good call. Yeah, that's I mean, they're, they're, yeah, their numbers 16 yards apart. That's a that's a big gap for guys that uh, aren't seeing a tons of target or saw the same number of targets last week. Yeah. I think our prop number or our projection on it is basically flat receiving yards for those two guys. So that makes sense. Would, uh, would you take like, it looks like so FanDuel is posting a 31 and a half right now, um, like the over there, but it's at like minus 110. Would you, I think I'd probably be more inclined to do that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Almost feels like, and Connor, I know that you have, you know, pretty good tie in around, you know, the risk averse nature of some of the points bet opportunities, but because the way that MVS gets his yards, like, they come in chunks. Like he can literally catch two balls, but still comfortably clear this total. Is that a, a points bet situation for you, or I, am I? No, I think so. I'm. I'm just I'm laughing. A bit I have no. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because I have. A, I mean, I have a, an admission here of of guilt of my my points betting. You know, it's like anytime I post a points bet, it does well. And then, like you know, on Sunday night, I got drunk and did like a a cross multiplier points bet. And just lost my ass on points bet. Like I just got destroyed. And so now I'm just sitting there just like I just like every time I look at it, I laugh. And so now I'm just like shit, like I shouldn't have done that. But yeah, no, I I do think that I do think that that's a sharp bet. Like, you know, that's the rule is definitely don't drunk bet and definitely do not drunk points bet. That's that is a major rule of this. Um, but no, I think that's a great call, actually. Especially the issue is they bump up the yard, so it'll probably be closer to like 40, but um, you know, which I think you're still comfortable eating that. If you can get it like a 35 on the over, like on the points, but I think that's a great opportunity. He can easily catch like a 50, 60 yard ball as long as he doesn't alligator arm it like he has in the past, you know? Yeah. Hey, Aaron Rodgers does, people don't talk about it. He does set up his receivers to get decapitated sometimes. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> crazy. Uh, oh, they love Aaron Rodgers. Especially, you're not going to get that on the broadcast. That's for sure. No, I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I grew up a Cal fan, so I'm all Aaron Rodgers. But man, he sometimes I'm like, you're going to get someone killed out there, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be like, you know, all nostalgic, and but the reality is, is like a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers conference title game is just oh, historically yeah, awesome. awesome. It's yeah, just awesome, sure. and you know, we should all, whether you have a. a irresponsible amount of money on it or not, we should be able to sit back and enjoy really good football. So, all right, next is going to be a fun one too. Buffalo at Kansas City. We are seeing, uh, yeah, this one's kind of shook out as we thought. We've some early movement on the total up to 54. 
Uh, basically, KC minus three now. Again, another week six rematch. Gross rainy day in Buffalo. Josh Allen dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. Looking back on that one, um, the Chiefs knew it. They went after him a ton. They pressured him. They didn't have any sacks, but they got more pressure on Allen that day than they did in any other game of the season. Almost 55% of Allen's dropbacks were under pressure. He's thrived under pressure this year, part of his growth this year, but he did not on that day. He also did not have really a healthy John Brown in that game. Uh, that was definitely a big factor. I think he, I believe he left um, or is definitely limited in that one. But uh, teed up, TJ. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I got to make excuses for my guy, J.A., before we get into it for that game. I mean, you mentioned the rain. That was like a three-week or, or three uh, week stretch where everybody, like Josh Allen had an awesome first four games, and then that was the LOL, haha, you guys thought Josh Allen was MVP for like three games. I think they had a, a game move because of COVID with the Titans. They had like a Tuesday game. I, I think this was the game right after that. So um, there, there was just a, a lot of, like, they weren't playing at their peak they weren't this same team um i mean my two big takeaways for this game the things i'm looking at are actually the bills defense versus the kansas city offense i think the um i think the bills offense is going to be fine and and hit on all cylinders like we've seen the last few weeks uh the the big thing going back to that game uh, it was uh, Ruiz from USA Today. John Ruiz, I believe, pointed out that they didn't blitz. The Bills didn't blitz the Chiefs once in that game. It was the only data point in five years of next-gen data that a team had a 0% blitz rate. Basically, just like keeping everything in front of them, not getting beat deep. Um, they obviously only put up with 17 points or something, so it didn't work. But uh, Mahomes had a pretty low uh, yards per attempt day. Now, CH did run all over them, but I, I don't think that the Bills, especially with Mahomes' injury, not his concussion, his toe, I think the Bills probably keep that strategy to some degree. I don't think they blitz zero times, but I'm really interested in Mahomes' health as far as his toe. He he was a little bit mobile after he heard it, um, but like Rome was really commenting on him planting in that game after he heard it. And there's just a lot of adrenaline a week later, if, if it is turf toe, whatever the hell it is, if he's limited a little bit um, mobily, that could have a huge impact on how this game plays out and how Mahomes plays, extending plays, even not just rushing, just extending plays and being Mahomes. Totally agree. I mean, obviously the concussion is the big story, but like he obviously wasn't well prior to that. It, you know, I think it was massively affecting him. Pretty bad beat on the rushing prop over. I know we were pretty heavy on last week and and you know probably could have got there, especially with you know even on a on a bad bad wheel there but uh yeah i think next gen stats had one blitz for them in that game so probably depending on how they grade but still like they blitz on the season almost 30 percent 33 percent of the dropbacks and whether it's three percent or zero percent last game it was definitely a, a very different position on how they typically play they dared him to run the football and they did 46 carries 245 yards on the ground it was probably that best CEH game of the season. Like he was just another guy that at that point we hadn't really seen. And he, he played really well on top of the Mahomes news. We have Brashad Breeland, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell, and Sammy Watkins all either didn't practice on Thursday or were limited. So those are pretty big, you know, uh, puzzle pieces there too, especially Breeland. If they are going to be aggressive again, Kansas city, Breeland's going to be really important to try to slow down, Stefan Diggs. I don't know that you can step, you know, slow down Stefan Diggs. Like that chemistry that those two have is it's not necessarily 
historically on par with where we see Rodgers and Adams. But, man, it's pretty damn close if you're just looking at yeah. one season, the way that they are vibing. And it's going to be a problem for Kansas City. And if they don't have Breland, that makes things a lot more dicey. Connor, what are your thoughts on this one? So, so TJ's point about the defensive strategy, I think is really interesting. So something that I, when I was looking up about their last matchup that I was doing research on as well. So Leslie Frazier and the, and the bills, like Leslie Frazier went on record, the defensive coordinator saying like, we, they were, they tried to pull a bell Belichick and say, they are going to allow them to run in order to stop big plays. Um, and that it kind of, I mean, it kind of worked in some sense. Mahomes pleaded 21 of 26 passes. Like TJ said, um, really low yards per attempt. Um, but you know, CEH racked up 161 rushing yards on 26 carries. Um, Frazier's quote after, you know, was kind of, we learned a lot and we need to be more balanced. Um, so I don't, you know, again, I don't know what that means though, you know, in relative, like that's obviously it's pretty ominous in terms of like what they're actually going to do. And they're not going to give us their game plan going forward. Um, but I do think that, you know, the, I mean, they were very pretty transparent on what their game plan was before. Uh, and I think it was pretty obvious. So I just thought that that was, that was interesting um, about what they, they did do. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they adjust. I think it'll probably be a little bit more blitzing um, and especially with mom's health and, and maybe they don't let CEH run all over them. But again, he's also like not really fully healthy. Um, I mean, Daryl, the mentor Williams, you know, looked pretty good last week, but I mean, he's generally looked like shit for this pretty much his whole career, to be honest. Like he looked just terrible early on in the season. Um, in general though, for me, I grabbed some chiefs minus two and a half. I grabbed some over 51 and a half um, just early, just cause I mean, it's just the wrong number. If Mahomes is going to play and um, you know, getting a half a point of value under the key number three felt like the right move. Um, and like I was pretty confident what I was hearing about the reports uh, that Mahomes was going to be healthy and going to play in this game. At that point, like the initial look aheads, I think, as you might have mentioned, were like three and a half, the total like 55, 56. Um, and now, you know, so getting it at two and a half and 51 and a half uh, felt right, even given some of the other um, conflicts I have in terms of the Bills offense versus the Chiefs defense. But specifically looking at that, like, uh, I mean, after that's when the Bills offense got rolling right after that, pretty much. I mean, they scored 24 more points in 10 of their 12 games to finish the season. Um, and the, the one of the games that they didn't was, you know, against the Ravens last week where the wind, as we talked about, played a little bit bigger of a factor than we would have anticipated. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, an- another point about that game, like even if, if the Bills do kind of roll out um, an- another game plan where they try to keep everything in front of them, sit back, don't blitz a lot. Matt Milano wasn't active in that game um, in the middle to sit there and help them stop the run if they do roll out that game plan. Matt Milano has been playing great football of late. I think that's a, a note that's going to fly way under the radar going into this game. Uh, that can really help them with that same exact game plan. Yeah, I think we are skewed on some of the season-long statistics as far as the Bills' rush defense go because Milano missed a chunk of the season. And really, if you, I, I know it's a short season anyway, so they get really convoluted when you start to make a really short sample size even smaller. But sure. if you stop from after that game where you know they gave up 46 carries for 245 yards, the Bills were top five in rushing EPA allowed. Um, they were really stout, and they don't have – your prototypical, like you know, a lot of sides up front. I mean, Ed Oliver's a stud, but they got a lot of speed and they're smart. I mean, Sean McDermott knows how to scheme and knows how to do whatever he needs to. Um, and they call offense the same way too, which you'd love to see. So, I mean, I'm getting the three points here. I think that there's a lot of value on the bills. And I think it's interesting because like, I, I know we think that Mahomes is going to play, 
the reality is it is not up to the Chiefs. And I know that he's trending well, and I know that it's probably a 90% chance that he plays. But he has to go through an independent neurologist to get cleared. And there, if this move, if something happens, and we have Chad Henney here, this is Bill's minus six real quick. Um, so there's value on a non-zero percent chance that Mahomes doesn't even play. And I really think if Mahomes plays, especially being limited with the toe, um, you know, Breland's injury, which is significant, even if he plays and he's not practicing, um, he's he's not well. I just feel like the, the Bills match up really, really well. I know going into Arrowhead in the playoffs in a conference championship game is, is tough, but we saw a washed Tom Brady do it a couple years ago. It can be done. So I, I, I kind of like getting the points. If you if this gets steamed maybe a little bit up to three and a half, I'm, I'm definitely taking Buffalo if I can get a hook. What's the Chiefs fan situation? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I don't know. Did they have anyone last week? They, I think they had some last week, right? I can't differentiate between crowd, fake crowd noise and real sure. crowd noise anymore. <laughs> I don't know what's real. That's a good point, though. Um, I mean, I, as of, I, as of I, earlier, I they, were, they, they did it. Fans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that's definitely like a, a factor for the home field. Um, I mean, I, I agree with noon and I, I really not even just like, I, I know anything I say about the bills comes with a grain of salt at this point, but I agree that the, the, they match up really well with this chiefs team. Um, just going back to all the points he made. I think that Josh Allen isn't necessarily going to have to make a lot of design run against this team i think he could pick apart this secondary um john brown they haven't been at full strength um with a, specifically with john brown he is a difference maker when he's 100 healthy we we saw it flash in week 17 got goose egg and wild goose egg in the wild card round he saw 11 targets last week and this is a defense that allowed the six most deep completions in the league so i mean i don't see a prop on dk for john brown but if there's one anywhere i'd, I'd be really interested to see what it is especially with gabriel davis not practicing wednesday I haven't looked at today this is thursday I haven't looked at practice reports today and then beasley He's obviously not a hundred percent. So I'm, I'm be looking for some John Brown numbers. I don't see any on DK. Yeah. It looks like there's only touchdown numbers out for, um, there is 50 and a half on FanDuel. Um, and I were significantly higher than that in his. Yeah. His- I mean, if you believe the, the, the three Oh five over under that DK has, I mean, to think that Brown isn't going to get a, a seventh of his, um, yards or a sixth or whatever it is, a sixth of, of Josh Allen's yards. I think that's a pretty good number. Yeah. I agree with that too. looks like up to 16,000 fans. Um, that's, that's, significant. that's significant. Yeah. Yeah. In comparison to some other places, I think Lambo had like 9,000, uh, last weekend. So, that is significant. There are some layups on Thrive, and I know Connor. Oh probably, yeah, because like I, I know the touchdown bets are fun and first touchdown score are great. There's a reason that when you go into the book that they put those things first for you to see because they want you to bet those bad boys till your heart's content because they are the worst possible bets that you can make. Um, <laughs> so, whatever, I'm not going to poo-poo anyone's fun. You want to have a first touchdown bet? Knock your socks off. Um, it's I just think- not long term. EV. So I think if you're going to look for first touchdown, that's like one of the most important things you could do is look at uh, data on which teams defer and which teams don't. Oh, that's a great call. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. So five has, they don't have first touchdown, but they have multiple touchdown bets for this game. Uh, McCole Hardman touchdown and Cole Beasley touchdown. Like again, can Cole Beasley catch a touchdown in this one? Yes. Can you have a, you know, 30 yard end around to McCole Hardman? Like for sure. You're just, you're, and maybe you need it to win a GBP on Thrive. You probably don't historically, with at least my experience and Connor's experience there. Your best bet is is picking winners, even if you're taking the lower side of the juice. Your best bet is to to be on the right side of the prop. So those are are pretty easy ones. Stefan Diggs four and a half receptions is oh, cheating. I, were they drunk? I don't know. Like you know, that's know. My, like I mean, is that the, is that a first quarter prop? That, yeah, seriously, that's <laughs> average. Oh man, I was I was I just saw that and was like, I don't know what what they were That's doing. Crazy. Like his prop hasn't been lower than like six and a half on a, or a sports book, and I don't know since week one, maybe week two. Yeah, I'm I'm finally signing off the jumping off the Miko train. So everybody, go ahead and hit all the overs. They <laughs> <laughs> did the overs, but he I feel like he fits the MVS mold, right? We were talking about earlier. Like, sure, he can, you know, he's on the field less. But uh, he can get there in one catch. But like a touchdown prop on him feels like such an easy, <laughs> such an easy fade. Um, yeah. Some other I mean, Sammy Watkins have... practicing is a big deal too. Sammy Watkins yeah. looks like he's going to be active for sure. And there was a bunch of Byron Pringle last week too. You know, more so than you would have thought. When we were all trying to decipher if it was going to be Robinson or Hardman, and then Pringle's out there running, you know, a crap ton of routes early in that game too. So yeah, uh, yeah. For, if, we're, if we're talking about Week Six narratives, I mean. This is really contingent on Watkins being active, but that was Demarcus Robinson's highest snap share of the season. He played ninety five percent of snaps, saw six targets in that game. So I don't know why I couldn't figure out any reason why that happened, but it's just an interesting note. Watkins was out for whatever reason against Buffalo. They were just on Demarcus that game. The the Chiefs just do what they want with like their ancillary receivers. Yeah. Like, you remember last Super Bowl, everyone was just getting so pumped about Miko Hardman, and like I mean, I was too. Like I, I don't know, it just seemed like it made all made sense. They were training towards more usage, blah blah blah, and we just all mushed him. I don't even think did he have a catch? Like I don't even know. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. You blacked out after the national anthem ended. The so national I anthem, know. yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I won all my money for the day, and we were good. Demi Lovato, man, she's my girl. She, any any time, open invite for Demi Lovato. Anytime she's trying to come on, you know, move the line or wants to get a drink, I'm I'm, I'm in with that. Maggie would be cool with it. She's fun. <laughs> uh, some of the other ones they have out there, uh, Tyreek at five and a half receptions. That's pretty much spot on our projection here at four for four. The books have it juiced up, so you can get five and a half. You lay minus one fifty on DK, so feel pretty good about that, um, which is interesting because we don't really. We don't feel super convicted in that in our number. But again, Tyreek has been a little different this year. It hasn't been the boom-bust Tyreek of, of seasons past. He's definitely seen a larger target share fairly consistency, uh, consistently in, in those games. So Mahomes' number is interesting. 331.5 combined rushing and passing yards. Again, knowing that the ceiling for his rushing yards is probably a little lower than in most games. That seems a little high since we have – his passing yard prop independently just at 309 yards. So that might be a little high. DK um, doesn't have anything out there in the books on this yet, but those are some of the ones that jumped out to me. Yeah, no, the, the, I, I agree with all those. Um, DraftKings right now posting um, some interesting lines, though, in terms of the receiving props. Stefan Diggs and Travis Kelsey both at 94 and a half. Um, 
It, I mean, it is a lot, but I mean, do you have the heart to take the, take an under on either? Like, I personally don't. I mean, it's kind of like a Derrick Henry prop. Like, where at this point they've just been crushing and they just continue to crush and they do things that just don't make sense for anyone else. But I can't take, I just can't take the under in good faith. Um, maybe if I didn't watch football, I don't know. I mean, I think that, that I <laughs> yeah. could, you know, do it. But I, I enjoy the game too much. You know, like it's it's tough. You do have the option of actually not betting. Not the hell is my yeah. next my It next is an option. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you do offer a lot. So. Oh, man. I yeah, mean, so I- the, Kelsey had four games under 70 yards this year. One of them was against the Bills. He scored twice, so a lot of people see the, the fantasy number. But, yeah, Bills, Bills prevented a lot in that game. I mean, again, we're looking at a one-game sample um, going back to that game plan. But uh, – I, I think the Bills got something for the Chiefs this week, man. And they do yeah, have okay, okay. side-speed combos with guys like, you know, Poyer and, and Micah yeah. Hyde. Like, those guys, there's not a lot of dudes that are going to be able to match up with Travis Kelsey. So I'm not going to tell you that, you know, a, a Matt Milano underneath with, a you know, Poyer over the top is going to slow him down. But they do have the athletes that some of the other teams don't have, which I do think, you know, does does matter here a little bit. So go ahead, Connor, what are you going to say? Um, I, okay. So the last note that I personally had on this game, and this is something that I have heard a lot. And I think that you'll probably hear on like national betting radio and like talk is that the chiefs haven't covered since week eight against the jets, um, you know, against the spread, which is, you know, technically true. Um, but for me, uh, I just don't think that it like matters that much in this specific game. And it's like one of those trends that, you know, maybe they haven't lived up to the market. And it's kind of true in some sense that they haven't really performed as well offensively as what we would have imagined and what we've seen in times past. But does that mean that just because they haven't doesn't mean, does that mean that they won't? And for me, I think that that's where I, I kind of disagree with like the premise of, you know, betting on things just because they haven't covered the spread because of that narrative. So I think you're going to hear it a lot. And I think you're going to hear a lot a lot of the reasons to take the bills because of that. I think there are plenty of other reasons to take the bills as you guys outlined, but that's just not one of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, we had two and a half in, in new Orleans. So I remember a Kansas city cover, like mm-hmm. uh, maybe that one, maybe they're judging that against a, a three or a three and a half that was out there. But I remember, yeah, I no, no, they only judge against closing lines of like, you know, or whatever worst lines, you know, that's yeah. just kind of how those, those betting trends work that don't really make much sense. Just throw your rent money on Bill's money line and you're good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm waiting for the three and a half, but the more I, mean, I really kind of been thinking, especially I'm just worried about my whole, I'm worried about the toe injury too. And I don't, I could be overstating it, but he just yeah. didn't. No, I, I think it's the most understated thing of the week. It's a huge element to his game. Like not only the rushing piece, but like very similar to Allen. He just extends plays and you look at kind of like, and it's Where, his plant foot, right? It it is his yeah, plant foot too. His plant foot. So, I think you'll catch a three and a half. I I really do. I think that um, you know once like once that he's officially announced active, which I believe he will be, you'll catch a three and a half. Yeah, Connor, can you put up the uh, numbers out there as far as the books? There are some DraftKings has yeah. some features. I think that there's an interesting opportunity if you are on Buffalo or if you are on Tampa Bay in particular that there are there's some value to be had in the number out there. So if you think that Buffalo wins the Super Bowl, um, you know, getting these these numbers at – yeah, where is this? Okay, championship. Can you see this? Is that what you're – that we're looking for? Perfect, yeah. yeah. So if okay. you think they're going to win the Super Bowl, there's – so you go to championship exact outcome. There's uh, 
there's you want, not you want that okay yeah for Hebrews ten to one okay these are moved a little bit but not too much yeah so Bills to beat the Bucks like if you just money line parlay these two Bills games together that's like plus five hundred so there's okay. value here if you think that obviously there's the other piece of it where it has to be a Buccaneers game um, so really Bills to beat Packers is pretty much spot on but if you have a lean on Bills Bucks winning this weekend there's a crap ton of value on bills to beat bucks and bucks to beat bills interesting um well what okay so what if what if you put in like a parlay of just like you know an open parlay of you know bills money line bucks money line and then you distill it with bills money line the next week would that pay out a nine to one or would that pay out better I guess not everyone I don't even know if these legal books have the ability to open parlay I'm not gonna lie I actually I don't they don't. Okay. Well then, you know, never mind. But if you have a credit book, it, it, could, it could work. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that makes sense then for mo- for all legal books. And of course that's, that's only what we use here on, uh, you know, over at four for four. <laughs> yeah. Always, always only, but uh, yeah, just thought that that was interesting. Cause you know, looking at it early in the week and I was, you know, leaning, leaning bills and thought that, you know, very much, you know, possibly even leaning, Bucks too, and just thought that you know what does that look like in, as far as the future market? Obviously, betting a Super Bowl number at this point—they're fun. You know, if you're okay, if you can stomach the fact that you definitely lost the best of the number, you know, months ago, I um, may want to chase <laughs> some of those. To have it's it's cool, but I thought in that specific outcome piece that there was definitely some value on a Bills or Bucks Super Bowl win. So, just if you're out there and you're backing TJ and I on the Bills, you know, might be a good spot to sprinkle some breadcrumbs on on some Bill's uh, Bill Super Bowl champs better than yeah. just taking a plus 450 to win the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, just uh, a random one I was looking at, they have uh Devin Singletary fantasy points, 11 and a half. I mean, that's basically a touchdown prop. So I, I like the under on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, we've yeah. seen it. They did it. What they even last game inclement weather. I think they threw the first 14 times. Yeah. They will just, abandon the run and just chuck if they think that's what gives them the best shot to win, which you absolutely love to see, right? We beat the drum for these, you know, the analytics pieces for years for these teams. And you love to see a team just be like, yeah, you know what? Game plan wise, this is what it takes to beat this team on this day. And I don't care about run pass balance. It doesn't matter if it's not going to be advantageous for us to win. So you love that about the bills. So yeah. And, and, and I mean, people have been stroking Brian Dable all season, but I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the first time he did it. If you think all the way back to when they played the, the Seahawks back when the Seahawks secondary was just right for the picking, I think they had like a 79% pass rate in that game too. So um, Dable's down to, to do that again, for sure. I mean, it's, it's smart. I, I, I just like, I, last week I was on like a single Terry prop just because you know, Moss was out and we were catching like 35 or something like that, 36. And I was like, man, this is, Same. you know, so low because, you know, I just thought that they hadn't adjusted. I mean, books, even like other books opened it at like 40 something. And still they ran the ball once with the running back in the first half once. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not good. You know, it's over. Like I, I, you just, one of those things, you know, like even I just figured it would be like even 10, 11, 12 carries is like pretty low for a normal game. But you know, Dabble just does what he wants. Like he just, you know, and, and that is awesome. It's just not something that I expected to come out of a football team in 2020. You know, I, I figured maybe, you know, we were a few years out, but uh, I became a Bills fan overnight. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. All right. So it seems clear. Bills, Bucks, Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a good one. 
But I mean, really, all four, any of these possible matchups are going to be a great Super Bowl because these teams are definitely feel like the four best teams and will be great matchups to watch. So that's all we want at the end of the day are just good football. So you guys got anything else for the listeners? No, I'm, I'm about uh, – that's about it. Yeah, I mean, you say you say Bills Bucks, I say Bills Packers. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's – that's uh, actually, I'm going Chiefs Packers, but that's just my, my take. You're on the you're on this you're on the State Farm Super Bowl, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm employed. I got I got another uh, little affiliate deal there. The middle name of chalk for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome, Teach. Thanks so much for joining us. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Um, tell everyone again if they don't know where they can find you and all your stuff and, and uh, some of the stuff going on in the off season. If you have any idea what that is yet. Yeah, everything is at 444.com um, or on my Twitter, TJ Hernandez. I'll, I'll be very MIA after this week. We will have a uh, Super Bowl showdown article from Jeff Hicks. Um, I'm sure you guys will be doing a ton of prop stuff on 444. And then uh, after, uh, I don't know, maybe like a, a month or six-week hiatus, uh, we're, we're back in best ball season, baby, so I won't be gone Can't too wait. long. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be firing up best ball content at 444 um, pretty damn soon. Absolutely love it. Yeah, Connor and I are hoping to have a uh, Super Bowl prop extravaganza here. Uh, just try to get into the weeds and all the nitty-gritty as much as we can. So, again, shout-out to Connor and uh, new role with him at 4 for 4 Don't forget to check him out, Connor Allen NFL. And we'll be back again uh, in two weeks. Not sure when, but we'll, we'll jump in. Don't forget to follow us over at Move the Line NFL on Twitter. We will keep you updated on when that comes. So, for TJ and Connor, I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us.